Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Yes, it's 7 o'clock on Wednesday evening once again. Just seems like yesterday we signed off. I'm Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my esteemed partner, business partner, uh, Adam Sontalner. We son halter. Who? Who? Son and halter. <laughs> I, I had the, the visual mixed up there a little bit. He and I have been together for over 15 years doing this stuff, this stuff being talking about small businesses. We absolutely love small businesses in our day job, which is uh, we're both partners in a company called Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we deal with small businesses, and we define that as companies from 1 to 25 employees. So tonight we have a very special show, We have a, only because we have a very special guest, uh, a nice smiling fellow who is very successful, <laughs> who who uh, is one of our better clients in the entire world. And uh, he basically is running a company called DNS Color and Supply, which he's, he basically uh, is the boss there, and he's doing a tremendous job. Adam's going to talk about him. Ben Ides is his name, and he will basically be uh, entertaining us for a good hour here on and off. We'll, we'll trip him up if he gets too good. And if he doesn't, then we'll boost him up. Either way, he's going to be a big success tonight. So, Adam, what do you All think? Right. I think that's very true. All right, welcome, everybody. Glad to have you with us here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. For those of you who are new, welcome to the program. You're, out, you're in for a great show. For those of you who are loyal listeners, welcome back, and appreciate you telling your friends about it. And uh, if you want to be part of the show, you're always welcome to be part of the show. We've got a couple ways you can do that. The easiest way is using the phone number. And this phone number does two things. You can either call in, you can talk to Scotty or engineer sitting by. If you treat Scotty nice, he might let you on the air. Uh, or you can text using the same number. That number is 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. So if you have some questions as we're going through here, some comments, uh, please feel free to either call in or shoot us some texts. So let me introduce, let me welcome Ben to the show. Ben, welcome. Thank you, Adam. It's good to have Great you. Great to be here. Ben, good to have you here. Thank you, Jack. So we're we're here to tell the story. Let me let me tee it up real quick. So the the, the, the theme tonight is how do I go from an entry level position to owning the company? That's kind of like the American dream. And so Ben's got a story he's going to share tonight where that happened to him. Came at the entry level, the very entry level position at, at the company. He now is the man. He's the guy who owns the company now. He is the man too. He carries the own. He were, when he arrives, it spins in the building, and man, everyone's tenor changes here. I'm in control. You are. No, perfect. <laughs> no question about. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> He's good at BSing his way through everything. It's good. We like that. So, but first off, I want to you know, before we jump into some of those things, I like to have the audience get to know Ben a little bit. So, I always start there, Ben. Why don't you kind of give us a little background on you, kind of where you where you grew up and education, business experience beforehand. You know, just kind of tell us your story a little bit. Okay. So I, I grew up primarily in Brook Park, and I moved into the Parma area um, when I was in my early teen years. Um, I went to Valley Forge High School, and I did not like school, high school, anything like that. I was not a big fan, didn't treat me well, and I thought I could do other and different things. And honestly, I was a dropout. I have a GED, and uh, I wish I would have done something different now that I'm older. I, I do like to go back and and uh, I wish I could have changed that on some level. But actually, it worked out really well for me from the standpoint that I worked. I went right to work after that. Uh, I worked in printing for about nine years. Uh, I decided I did not like that job. And actually, um, I was good to get out of that because there isn't printing really anymore. <laughs> Everything right. is on computers now, right? So um, I saw that I didn't really enjoy that and it wasn't a life goal. 
I had a friend actually that worked at DNS Color Supply. We're an automotive distributor uh, of automotive uh, paints. And I was into cars and was a gearhead. And so I got a job there actually part-time as a driver. So you're like, okay, I can go from this printing world, just kind of you had a sense, you know, maybe a little crystal ball you could see wasn't going well, but you really just weren't enjoying it. You know, it was kind of like, yeah, it was, it, was, it was too much like work to a certain extent. But nine years is a pretty good amount of time. You probably learned a ton uh, through that. And it's funny, let me, let me yeah, pause. You know, we, we have a lot of clients and a lot of owners that we know um, who maybe they're high school graduates, maybe they aren't, uh, maybe they attended some college or aren't. And we always talk about how they're made to feel like they're inferior because they didn't complete their education. Like also, they don't have that stamp of approval, and it's 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 a shame in our in our society that that's held at such a high level. Again, you know, college and, and school is okay for some people, but not not for everybody. And so, but, you know, from Jack and mine's perspective, when we talk about this, it's it, it drives us nuts that, that folks will will be made to feel inferior. You know, here you are in your mid 40s, and all of a sudden you probably still feel like you have to apologize for that at times. And it's 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 absolutely insane, especially for our listeners when you hear Ben's story here in terms of everything he's accomplished. You know, Ben's accomplished you know more than 99 percent of the, of the college graduates you're going to meet, and so that's why I think it's a, it's a, it's it's totally insane. So see, thing the the the, the non-college opportunities now seem to be coming around again. They should have never been been cut away. It's just silly that, well, a lot of silly things are going on with the economy and the culture today. But it's it's coming back to where basically employing yourself in something meaningful is really what it's all about. Who cares what it is? The status nonsense is like all markets are are being driven into something else. It has to change. It's costly. It's silly. It's it's non-productive. Whenever things get like that, they change. Times, you know, you just can't sustain it. Nor do you want to. So, and most of my statement there is just about the fact that now I enjoy learning more than I did at the time. You it's, do. That's, we, we, that's why I'm working with you all, right? I'm trying. Yeah, to, we, learning we know things. you well, and you right. you uh, go to the top of the class, so to speak, with. With learning, You're, you have tremendous curiosity, which I put a big premium on. People who sit there like lumps, they don't progress. Well, that was the part of school they didn't like. It wasn't my curiosity. It was their curiosity. That's so they told me what to, what to like and what to get involved in. You don't do that with you, do you? No. No. <laughs> I do what I want. Good. <laughs> That's good. So, so you had a buddy of yours, and you probably complained to him about how much you hated your printing job. And he's like, "Hey, I got this cool company to work for. I know you're into cars, Ben. Why don't you come just come come work here? It's a good place to work. You know, good owner. Uh, the guy will probably sell you the company someday. That's probably what he told you, right? That was kind of how it. That was not how it went down. No, no, I was no, actually it wasn't like that. Come under my wing and. Uh... I just I have I was I was actually making good money. And to your point, Jack, my friends were either um, not doing well because they were kids that chose that or they were in college and so nobody was making any money but me and when I after nine years of printing it was actually a career Uh, I had a a journeyman's job that I could have made I could be doing that right now uh, and retired from that job but I I really felt that uh, it just wasn't the right thing so I had some money in the bank and all my friends didn't and I thought well I'll take this job in the meantime and kind of see how it goes so your buddy's all inviting you out and hey Put the check down towards Ben. He's got some money. He'll, he'll, he'll Pretty much, yeah. I always had the I always had the nice car and all that kind of stuff. I had the apartment you could come over and hang out in. So that was me. I was that guy. So I was the man at that time too. All your friends living in your parents' basements are coming to hang out your place, right? Pretty That's much, good. yep. Pretty right. much. That's good. That's right. All right. So you so you joined DNS. So, so DNS uh, Color Supply is a is a, a, a distributor primarily of automotive paints for PPG, right? 
So when you joined, you know, just give us a sense. You know, what, what you know, how big was it in terms of you know salespeople? You know, just give us a sense. You know, when you walked in the company, this is how long ago? This is twenty years ago. Yeah, twenty-one years ago. So okay. there was, um, we were probably doing about a half million in sales, and I think there were five of us okay. at the time. Um, no one really cared about the whole situation. Even uh, the owner, on some level, he had inherited the business from his uh, family. And although he had done a good job and worked hard 30 years before I got there, he was coasting and just kind of doing the daily thing. We had some good customers and uh, great relationships with people, uh, but we kind of just did what we did in a very old school, uh, just wake up, do, repeat. You right. know? He had a certain way, and he kind of, you know, being a second-generation guy, he'd grown up in the business, so he'd been around it his whole life, and kind of, this is kind of how we do things here, and had a pattern down, things were kind of going... You know, they, they were fine. So, okay, you so see, you, you come in, the driver, you know, the driver is the entry-level position that you get. So that's, mm-hmm. and that's still the case today, right? If somebody's going to come join DNS, that's usually the place that they start. Yes. Come in as a driver. It is. Um, minimum wage, maybe a little above minimum wage to kind of start, and you start to prove yourself out because it's a pretty key job. We've talked about that a little bit, you know, in some of our sessions about, you know, that's almost the face of the company a lot of times for, for your company, right? So even though it's an entry-level position, you get exposed to pretty much everything going on in the company, right? You, you do. You get exposed to the whole company. You get exposed to all of our customers. And actually, a little contrary, even though it's an entry-level position, um, we pay a, a, a little bit better wage. I've, we've kind of changed that opinion okay. because they are the face of the company. So our, our guys go out and see the people more than we do in many cases. Right. So, yes, you did get to see. I met owners. I met managers. I met technicians. I met you know everybody all over the and what they were doing and why they were doing it uh, i could see problems that they had i could see solutions possibly so i got to see that even again more than some of our salespeople. yeah for a guy like you who uh, again is naturally curious uh, you're, you're soaking all that up and little did you know that down the line it's gonna, it was going to serve you very very well because that that kind of information gathering is huge and so many people just gloss over it and blow it you know where it's an opportunity to learn it's huge and yeah i'm you, not the, you demonstrate that yeah it's not I, I never did the um that's not my job i never I, I hate those words so i looked at that and just saw opportunities all over the place yeah and being in that role too you mentioned being customer facing is a big part of it too but then you also get to see how the the internal operations work as well because here you are you're going out and you're, you're taking the delivery van out to, to deliver stuff and if all of a sudden something's not in there Okay, gee, what, you know, what happened? All of a sudden, you know, maybe things are broken down somewhere, or they put the wrong stuff somewhere, and all of a sudden you're seeing, hey, you know, things are working well, they aren't working well, but at the end of the day, you're the guy in the front lines. If something's not going well, you're getting hit with it right away. Right? Absolutely. You upset customers. And uh, for those of you uh, who uh, have maybe been fortunate to never uh, have had your car in an accident before, so you haven't had to go to a, to a collision center, um, you know, most, uh, most collision center owners are not uh, not the nicest kind of folks kind of bringing you in and giving you hugs and kisses are more like we as we always refer to jack as those old steel guys right old kinda, steel guys right yeah kind of know everything they're kind of gruff folks and so if all of a sudden you know they've got one you know one uh, one small item missing out of an you know out of an order of 100 things that one small thing they're gonna make sure you hear all about it and you know dress you up and down like you're in the military i'm that, sure that was the one thing they needed and it was my fault right so I'm sure that happens a few times, and that's it's all it took to kind of be you know speaking up. So, all right. So you so you started to see some as you're, as you're out there again. Your eyes are open. You're you're observing stuff, both within DNS. You're observing stuff at at customers. 
So how long did you stay as as a driver as you start to kind of go along? You know, just kind of talk about your journey. You know, as you you know, again, this is a twenty one year journey. But you know, you know, how did you start to kind of progress after you know getting in there and here you are and you you, know, you discovered that you liked it better than the printing piece or you know so I was pretty good. But just kind of kind of share some of that a little bit of that story with us. Uh, so I, I pretty much uh, got kind of on the ins with the salespeople because they saw me in that way as well. They saw me pick up on their customers' issues and problems and that I could handle them properly. Okay. And that was a big deal. I was a, a shield for them. I didn't say, oh, I'm the driver. I don't know anything. I would fix it for them. So these guys kind of saw, a couple of them there, saw in, in me that I could do that okay. and went to Bill at one point, which is the original owner, and said, um, you know, th- this guy can do some other stuff, I think. So I got a little bit of help from some of the inside guys. Uh, and I just started, I asked one day if there was some inside opportunities I could get. That's I wanted to be in the business, not out on the road. Okay. Okay. So you saw it and you actually stood up and you said, hey, raise your hand. It's a thing that yes. they tell you not to do in class or if you're in line at the military. Don't, you know, don't step forward. You know, be the guy to kind of step back. So, okay. So you're asking questions around and, and you're made friends with the sales folks who've been there for a little while. They held a lot of weight, and so they they're kind of putting in a good word for you. So the owner starts to take notice a little bit. All right, all right. We have our first break coming up here. I want to you know, tee this up as we get into our, into the next section. We're talking about how, how this kind of transitioned to the point where um, the idea of ownership started to kind of come up. So I'd like to be able to kind of talk about that a little bit. But we'll, we'll we'll continue on on that journey in terms of how you got from the entry level position into the into the corner office of being the owner. So we'll talk about that when we come back. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. Hi, Matt. I'm Adam. I'm Adam. Who are too. you? Yeah, I'm Jack Mancini. <laughs> And I can't wait to hear the next segment here. That's why we're going to wake Jack up during the break here. So stay tuned. We've got more Dirty <laughs> Secrets of Small Business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, com. All right, all right. Welcome back. We're here at Dirty Secrets of Small Business, and I'm your co-host, Adam Sonhalter. I'm Jack Mancini, and we've got a great segment coming up here. We do. We've been talking to uh, one of our long-term clients here from Accident Value Partners, a guy named Ben Ide, who owns DNS Color Supply. And in the opening segment, Ben was sharing some of his story in terms of how he got into DNS and, and started at the at the entry level at that time, which was the, you know being a driver. And he started to share a little bit about how he started to progress in that job in terms of just being having his eyes open, asking questions, being curious, looking around. And as we were heading to break, he talked about how he started to bring some folks internally, especially the sales folks, started to kind of really um, see the value he was able to bring and how he was looking to try to better the company and started to kind of talk about him a little bit. So as we started to get, continue getting the story here, but I want to talk a little bit about how you started to progress, you know, as so you went from driver to something else. But that's kind of take us up to the point where all of a sudden had some maybe light bulbs going off that, hey, I could be the guy that owned this place, you know, I can take take over for this place so i was uh i got into the store full-time basically and was running the, our counter okay. which is a full-time uh sales kind of position uh but it it had to do a little bit of management just in your daily routine um and the folks around me again were in coast mode and i was a go-getter i was coming in early and staying late uh, just because I felt that our customers deserved that. Again, I had formed allegiances with the salespeople, so I was getting things done for them. Um, and I noticed that I was doing all that for all these other people, and no one around me cared about it. Right. Right. And I just, it just happened one day, and I saw it. And so I walked into the boss's office and said, I want to be the manager. I can manage this place. I'm already 
basically doing it. So how many how many years in were you at that point? I would say that was probably seven. Okay. So in total, had... in total from day one. Yeah, maybe maybe five. I'm, Okay. Five okay. to seven. Sorry. Right. So you had the you had the prior experience at the printing company about nine years, and here about five to seven years. So you're about fifteen years into your career, and you're saying, okay. And I've, you know, at this point, you've been there for a while. You've kind of seen the place. At that point, you suddenly came in. You're about half a million in sales, doing maybe six or seven employees. You know. If, so at the point where you started to approach Bill to ask about being the manager, at what point were you guys? At that point, you were. So you're probably close to a million. Okay. Eight hundred thousand. Okay. So, so we were growing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and you, in your mind, you're probably sensing, hey, you're a big reason that that helped for that for that growth i'm gonna guess right absolutely okay all right <clears throat> so no problem walking in and asking asking the boss that question about managing or was it you know was it were there sleepless nights coming up to this or you know i don't know if, if you're you know, if you're married yet at that point or, or if you and you know no okay, no so I, just... I was i was on my own no it was not hard to be honest with you i really felt that uh that was the right move i felt it was the right move for me i felt it was the right move for the company I had some again some backers, right? So I had a little bit of help from some people, but no, I knew it was the right thing to do. Um, and I, quite frankly, I think the boss knew that it was too. I, he had been watching me. He he knew. Um, most of the time, he was talking me out of staying late and coming in early because that wasn't the culture there. Uh, so imagine, hold on, imagine that. <laughs> I'm trying to picture. Is that a, is that a winning culture? Hey, come come in late, leave where early, the, where right? The bo- where the boss, <laughs> the boss tells you to slow it. Oh, it's equivalent of telling somebody to slow it down. That's a bugaboo that I don't like. Well, that's where the company was. That's how right. we operated. Uh, yeah. We we left at four fifty seven, not at five. At four fifty seven. <laughs> I'm worried about you, Ben. You're working too hard. Right. You know? Wait a minute. You know, I love this place. I love doing it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a natural, and people should be allowed to do that. Right. So I just felt it, I could. It just happened. It was literally a one-day thing. I knew I could do it. I went and I told them. There were some people that had worked there at that point over 20 years that I knew you know, were, were older than me, had worked there longer than me, uh, that I knew would be a challenge. And that was the challenge. So I had to have the boss kind of go, well, what are we going to do with these people? Um, and at I said, the, well, at this point, you're early 30s, right? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I said, I'm going to tell them what to do. That's what we're going to do with these people. We're going <laughs> to we're going to be here till five. All right. And we're going to take care of our customers because that's what we're supposed to be doing for a living. Now, was there a manager, that role that you're mentioning, was that in place already? You were kind of creating a new role or you were taking some, I, I guess, was that supposedly the, 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 one of the roles that the owner was playing at that point? Or how'd that come up? He, there wasn't a role. I was okay. making it. Yeah, right. I was trying to take that away from him that he wasn't really doing it. Um, and I felt that uh, it, it it just, that role needed to happen. The, the Again, the 457 to 5. Right. He helped, you know, he was part of that. Well, some, we have to stay here till five. We would have customers complain to us. I called your store last night and nobody answered the phone. I couldn't look them in the eyes and say, well, no, we were there. You, you had to call after five because well, we left at 457. Right. I always thought that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay. So when you presented it, you presented this to Bill, you know, he said, no, makes sense, no problem, or, you know. No, he had reservations <laughs> about the other people, yeah. right? So he went to them, um, and I got a mixed review. Okay. So there was a, a couple that were like, eh, what do I care, I guess? And there were a few that were very much against it. Yeah, was he, pull, he pulled them? Yes. Or did he, he bring he, them all together? He, he just pulled them, like, one to one? I, I don't know, actually. I don't know. It's I would kind of say one on one. Yeah, I would okay. say one on one. I don't know if I've ever asked him how he broke that out, mm-hmm. but I know he did poll them because okay. we had a conversation about it. And I, 
unfortunately, I knew the who said what. Even, <laughs> even if he didn't tell you, you're like, yeah, okay, I can see, I can see so and so saying that. All right, but he, but he still, he still chose that this is, you know, a good move for us, and we'll give it a shot. All right, now, knowing Bill as we do, I'm sure he he, he showered you with praise and gave you a huge raise and a. No, that was the. You want it, it's yours, and that was what happened. So I'll give you a title. It's like be, it's like being a banker. You know, bankers they get all kinds of different vice president titles that they'll that they'll do for bankers. So we're not going to give you a, a raise, but we're going to give you a, a title. So he gave you the, the the manager title, gave you more duties. Correct. But he's not going to give you any more pay. He just said, you know, let's see how you do. That's exactly what happened. Okay. So you know, so let me pause there. So 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 you know, again to, to our listeners. If you're if you're in that position like Ben was, and you're thinking about this, and I think often we get in our own way, and you know if you had kind of dug your heels and said, no, I need to get an extra, whether it be an extra couple bucks an hour, extra few thousand bucks a year, whatever, whatever that the, the number would have been in your mind, you know, thinking that small, you may have missed a, a pretty good opportunity by thinking so short term and small versus knowing, hey, you know, if uh, you know, in your mind thinking, hey, if I get in this manager role, are you thinking at this point now that hey, I could eventually take bill out or that not yet you're, you know, you were thinking first let me see if i can manage this place and prove it to myself yeah that was okay. more the thought i didn't think i could take him out yet but i just saw there was a lot of opportunity i, I really knew that we could do that and i i believe in do and then get paid not come in and say well i can do more if you pay me more right. so i went to him and said i'll do more you know then i'll become a valuable piece of this company and you will you'll have to pay me more or you'll have to work with me in the way that I want to be worked with or treated. Um, and you know, that that was why I, I just always worked that way, and I chose that path. Okay. So did you, you know, so here you are as a manager. So you had, a, at that point, you had a team of 10, 12 people, something like that, maybe eight people? Yeah, around 10. Let, let me go back a step yeah, here. Sure. So at Monday morning when you're the new boss, that that's a pretty daunting uh, situation here. You know, you're, you have – a youthful cockiness and and confidence. I've been there, you know. Believe it or not, I've been there a long time ago <laughs> with many companies. Wait, being, being cocky or youthful? Yes, both. <laughs> <laughs> both. <laughs> but the the point is, Monday morning, you're the boss, and you walk in, and people are going to look at you differently. They're going to, the ones who are behind you are going to feel better. The ones who aren't behind you are going to feel a little more negative. And it's a whole different environment, whole different culture starting. It, I mean, it, did you feel, did you ever go back and reflect on that? I am right now as you're saying that. Okay, yeah. good, because it, it really is something that, that's important. And, and, it's and that's exactly what it was like. It. You know, it was a, it, it, I was a different person that day. Right. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting. It was liberating, though. I, I knew at that moment, again, there was another light bulb. I said, I can, I can do this. I, I really wasn't afraid of it. I really knew that. We, we can make this work. And yeah, I you're ch- watching the team look at you and how are they feeding, and, you know, just it's good stuff. I mean, it, it uh, had to be a fun time. That was actually, it was it. it was fun, yes. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. All right, so you're kind of learning that job. So here you are five, six, seven years into it, and also now you're the second in command, basically. All right, there's the owner, then there's you, and there's everybody else, and everybody else is also reporting up to you. Did you have managerial skills at that point to kind of learn, or did you go? Did you, you know, did you go somewhere to find some help to to, to, to learn different skills, or are you just winging it as you're going? Yeah. How'd you figure out what to do? Bill was a good mentor in that way. Um, so, uh, as much as he wasn't engaged in trying to grow or necessarily work with our customers to make all that work, um, he was successful, and the man um, do, did know what he was talking about. 
Uh, so and he was a good mentor. So he did. Uh, he helped me with a lot of that. But no, I went right into it thinking. I just and I was kind of already doing it to right. be honest with you. I was as the store front store person. I had learned this goes here, this goes there. Do this now. Do this later. Okay. So you started becoming a manager, and then it's progressing over the years as you guys continue to grow. So at that point, you were just under a million when you took over as manager. And how long did that start to run before the idea of maybe approaching Bill with the idea of perhaps taking him out and buying? That buying. was a little faster. That was probably a couple years. A couple so, years. Yeah, a couple years into that, I realized that uh, we, we, we were we really started to grow. Now we went, you know, we only grew a few hundred thousand in the first five years I was there. Right. Or, set, you know, five to seven, as I said. And all of a sudden we grew. We were close to a million and a half. Um, and I knew that, uh, you know, something needed to happen if we were going to maintain that momentum. Um, and so I, 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 I pushed at that point to start talking about what's the future look like? What are you going to do, Bill? He has didn't have kids. No succession plan. Right. What is a succession plan? Okay. So you had a sense that it was, it was certainly a possibility. And Okay. So when we come back, I want to talk a little about how you started to kind of uh, approach that question. And part of what we want to do tonight, too, you know, uh, we'll touch on the, uh, on the Goldman Sachs program here in, in, this, in the next segment. But uh, talk about how that all kind of came about. I think the conversation would be very interesting in terms of, as you're touching on, Jack, a lot of the emotions that are part of this stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, in terms of how you kind of do that. But So we'll, we'll talk more about that when we come back from break. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. I'm Jack Mancini. We are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. That's our company. All right, stick around. We've got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINT.com. All right, all right. Welcome back. We're halfway through tonight's episode of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm your co-host, Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are talking to Ben. And Ben has got a great story so far in two segments. He's uh, given us some pretty good stuff. So two more to go. That's right. So when we last left him, he'd, you know, he'd... Uh, just taken over as manager and he had a couple of years running as manager and the company since he had uh, come on board it basically tripled in size and so a couple of years after taking over as manager Ben decides that he wants to kind of go in and talk to the owner about hey maybe taking things over fully buying them out and everything else so why don't we talk through how that conversation went so here you are and you already had some ballsy moves you were kind of pulling to kind of get the manager role now you've done it you've done a great job and grown the company and you, you know how'd that come up in terms of the conversation with, with you and the owner where you approached him to ask about selling the company so we we had minor talks on and off just about the future in general and he had actually started in the, in a 20 group before i was ever involved in it bill went to the 20 group um so for our listeners let me just cut you off first. so for, sure. for our listeners a 20 group um it's a it's a peer group a peer network of folks that get together that are in the same business but are not competing because they're in different geographies and it's something that ppg sets up for, for their Correct. their best distributors at the platinum distributor so it's a, it's a group to kind of go share stuff you guys meet three four times a year Correct. and get together and, and so it's kind of a, it's a good uh, peer learning group so yeah we share best practices okay. and numbers and all that so, so 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 he'd been in one and he started yeah and i think they they gave him a little bit of that idea hey what are you going to do uh there's they have actually uh help with succession plans okay so i got a little bit lucky there that he was exposed to it a little bit um, and when I talked to him about it, it, it kind of made sense for all of us. Okay. So, uh, but I did have to, you know, definitely bring it up, and we had to have a conversation about it. 
and uh, it it went rather well because at that time I'd been there for ten years, and I'd shown I could do all this, and there was nobody else there that was going to do that, and so uh, we just started that process looking at you know what that would look like. Well, so as you're, as you're talking, I'm thinking, I'm picturing the the scene late night at the bar, right, and their eyes cross you know, cross. They're the only two that are left. It's like, well, hey, gotta go home with somebody, right? So you're there, he's there. It's like, all right, well. Yeah, who else are you gonna choose? That's you're you're good, right? All right, sorry. You know, with with your experience there, Ben, how how did you find the numbers oriented to the numbers? You know, it's a sales driven company primarily, but uh, you know the profit and loss and the the balance sheet. Where where were you taught that? So I really got taught that uh, I started to go to the twenty group. So eventually, Bill said, "Okay, I'm going to bring you into the business side of the business." And, and he, again, being a good mentor and being smart that way, said, "I'm going to." I'm going to bring you to these meetings. And I started going to those meetings. I started getting exposed that way. He wasn't the best teacher at that. So I had to learn that through some other folks that I had met. Uh, Our CPA, which we've had for as long as I've been there, uh, started to mentor me a little bit as well and was helping with some of that information. Uh, And I did a little research on my own as well. Okay. So he brought you in. So he'd been going. So he brought you along to kind of maybe the first couple meetings, like, hey, just kind of sit and listen and kind of see what these things are about and you know as you get more comfortable so you guys you guys are going to those things together at some point i'm guessing he, he stopped probably going to those and just had you go instead that's exactly what okay. happened so would take a couple of years to do that or a couple of meetings or how, how quickly did he did he did he was he comfortable stepping back <laughs> at first he was not okay. uh, it, it took a little while i was wondering why he was going to these things and i wondered if it was you know for <laughs> for free food and sunshine because we always pick a fun place well, to go to right those are good reasons um, right? and i did all the work and i was in you know i was the guy who was engaged with everything he was just there uh, so I kind of pushed him out of it a little bit. Did you? Okay, it good. took him three or four <laughs> years to start not doing that. Um, and it really took about five years before he really gave up on the whole thing. Um, so there was some pushing involved. We, now we got into pushing. I was starting to go for, okay, now I'm, I'm even getting past what he could do and did in the business. Right. And I had to kind of shove my own way so he was getting to the point. So you, you said an interesting phrase there. You got past what he had done. So you're coming to ask him questions about stuff, and he's shrugging his shoulders, going, yeah, I, I've never been here before either. I don't know what to, to do. Yeah, to now we're you. moving a couple million, two million, three million, four million, five million, and he's basically saying, you know, we. I remember five hundred thousand. That was a a miracle. Right. So uh, he had he literally told me to my face at one point, "You're in uncharted waters. I I, I don't know." Okay. So the whole time that you're going to 20 groups, you're kind of learning from that. You're learning from your peers. You're studying on the side, looking for other stuff. You know, at that point, you know, your curiosity is letting you kind of go and, and check things out. You also touched on, which is often a challenge with transitions, which is what's the current owner do? So you mentioned the kind of the push and pull and push back and stuff to try to help them move on. Because, again, mentally they say, yeah, this, that's a good idea. And so, you know, at their head, yeah, it makes sense. But emotionally or just a part of it's probably habitual more so than anything else. He, he was kind of used to going to those things. I, I enjoy going every three or four months to get some sunshine and then hang out and do this. And, yeah, that's just kind of what he was used to. So then all of a sudden it's getting taken mm-hmm. away from him. You know, okay, yeah, that's that's very common when you have the, you know, these transitions starting to happen where it's – but your point, you, you know, you had to push. You know, don't don't be afraid to push a little bit, right? Because again, especially when you know what's right. You know, you aren't you aren't you aren't doing it in a way where you're uh, offensive is the right term. But again, you're, you're, 
you those gentle nudges sometimes a little more of a of a shove to kind of make things happen so okay so the 20 group was a was a big part of that you're you're still part of your 20 group now you, you absolutely me. yeah so that was a big part of it what other kind of stuff um as you're starting the, the transition so so you met with you know you meet with him in the cpas you know regularly to kind of go through some of the numbers understanding those numbers um you know, understanding where things were, how, you know, how the business was doing. So it was a totally open book. That you know, was there, was there like nothing you weren't aware of at that point, or is he still keeping certain things kind of hidden or secret, or was it no? It was on the table. It was it was on the table. Okay. Um, it was an open book, except for he really maintained control of the numbers. And what I mean by that is, I pushed sales, and uh, Bill still read the P and L and the balance sheet and made tax decisions and. All those types of things. So I was involved really uh, up until the last couple years of my tenure with him, really just pushing the the growth of the business. Okay. So I had access to it, uh, but I wasn't using it per se. I didn't read it. It, it, the, it wasn't the tea leaves that it is today. Okay. And plus, you kept control. So and control when it, when, it, when it comes to a small company means you're controlling the checkbook, right? At the end of the day, you know, you know, you probably had certain authority to kind of spend money here or there, but my guess is probably somewhat limited in terms of uh, what you were able to do. Except for the jobs that he didn't like, like <laughs> like buying vehicles. That's always a real fun thing to do. We buy a lot of vehicles, right? And so he didn't like that. So <laughs> that's yours, right? That's away. your job. You can go. You can go spend thirty thousand. I won't even ask you about it. Uh, okay. My own vehicle. Maybe we'll talk something different there. But all, all the company vehicles were, were that way. All right, so over the course of several years, you guys are working together here to transition. He's you know, in good faith. He's, he's investing time and, and, and dollars and, and effort to help get you some training you know, to help work at the transition. But at that point, you hadn't really talked – you hadn't talked turkey yet in terms of what the deal would be at, at this point. So at what point did that come up? How did that come about in terms of all of a sudden we're going to uh, we're gonna make an offer? You know, How would that start to progress to where that came Came, came to be? Uh, it was another light bulb moment, to be honest with you. I saw the business growing. These millions were happening, and I thought, I'm going to price myself right out of this thing. So I, I learned that the more this business grows, the more I'm going to have to pay for it. And so I, I had to do another push. So I had to go into, into him and say, we have to make something happen because by the time I'm going to buy this thing, it's going to be out of my reach. I don't currently get paid, and he knows what I get paid, right? right. <laughs> I don't currently get paid enough to make – there's no way to make this work. Um, and, again, he responded to that. He he understood that. I, I wonder if he was waiting for me to say that, okay. to be honest with you. So we kind of put together a deal that said, as of today, this is the price at our current sales. And um, if you purchase it from me in two, three, four, five years, we actually had a, a, a total of a 10-year plan. Uh, put on the table, which was for a uh, deferred compensation plan. Okay. Um, the business is still. This is what you're paying. You're paying today's price. Okay. So let me let me let me pause there. So one of the things we we talked to a lot of folks about Ben and, uh, is the idea of buying companies, and we'll bring up a concept that people think we're absolutely nuts when we talk about this, right? We say, hey, what if what if somebody just gave you the company? And the, the people will smirk. Well, what the hell are you talking about? We mean give yeah, us the whoever, company, right? Whoever does that. Yeah. What does that mean? Does that. Well. That's a, a version of what Bill did. And, and from the standpoint, was he, he didn't say, "Hey, come in and write me a big check" or anything like that. He said, "You know, he was, you know, he was in the position that you mentioned. He, you know, he, he was a second generation, so he owned the business free and clear, and he, he was able to play the bank for you, right? In terms of what he proposed to you, was I'll play the bank for you, and you just pay me out of the business, and the business will fund the buyout, and you'll start to get equity that way. So it wasn't like you having to dig deep into your pockets or go sell off." some of your stuff in order to, to write him a big check. It was able to be 
funded out of the business's operations. Absolutely. Which, to your point, you were the guy basically in control of doing stuff, and you were seeing it kind of grow and grow and grow. So you probably figured this was a good time to kind of to make that happen. So, so the the, the deal was it was it was a sweetheart deal, totally in your favor. It was a great deal. You couldn't say you couldn't say no to it, right? Uh, it was couldn't be farther from the truth, to be honest with you. It was, it was everything that he wanted it to be, except for the fact that, that the uh, the one piece that was good for me was the deferred comp. Right, I did not have a down payment. He could have sold that business at that point to a competitor just outright, and I could have been on the outside looking in. Right. So in in good faith, I, again, I didn't get paid, so I didn't get a raise. Now saying I'm going to be a partner, I didn't get any more money for that, but my money went instead of out of my pocket to him and thusly paid the down payment on the business and started the push to getting him to and at that point he actually retired he came out and told everybody ben's the guy i'm retiring now he retired but he still if i recall because we because we met you right about that time mm-hmm. this was kind of this was kind of happening i was going to uh, say that's about when you guys came right mm-hmm. and uh he was still i think his title official title was cfo at that point correct and uh He'd, he'd already been kind of traveling a bit. He and his wife liked to travel, and so they were traveling around. And and yeah, he was dutifully doing some of the CFO duties early on, but then he seemed to really take very well, which uh, which is good because many many owners don't take well to kind of retiring or stepping away. But he's, it seemed to, to to work pretty well for him. And uh, so he seemed to be doing pretty I w- good. I would think getting paid to do almost nothing is would go well for most people. <laughs> right. You're right. I, I mean, your it experience advantages I, for a while. I'm sure it know. doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and, and so you know the, the, the way he structured the, the the deal. But it was again, it was basically you know it was a way for him to take more money out of the company without having to be there, mm-hmm. and then to be able to transition to you, keep you tied into the business to make sure that you were you know you were going to be there. But that created some friction, some stress um, as part of that. So I know again, but it was an opportunity on my yeah. side. You know, I'm I'm joking about some of the stickler sides of it, but there's the, the to be have that opportunity to push that forward and be in that position. Um, he did not have to do that. Yeah, no, your point. He he, he, he he was placing a bet on you, again, and he, he at that point he'd invested you know, quite a bit in you in terms of time and effort and money and training and that. Um, but he was he was he was putting his mouth his his, his money where his mouth was in the standpoint. Hey, I believe in you. Your point. He, he could have sold it to a competitor. They would, you know, they had paid him money today, and he could have, you know, could have walked away. And but we also not... bought that new building that you see us all in at that time as well. Right. So he put a bunch of money on the table for a new facility. Okay. So yeah, so he was kind of seeing that, and so he kind of believed that, you know, that's a, a good leap of faith. Whenever somebody does something like that, and they're willing to play the bank, that's a big sign of, of faith and confidence in you. And so yeah, that's a big, you know, that's a big deal, and it made it be able to happen, which is good. So all right, so. And that deal consummated. We won't be able to get into it. We've got another minute here before our break. And I want to transition real quick, too, because we want to talk about the Goldman Sachs program a little bit. Mm-hmm. So part of your training, uh, he became aware of this, of this thing called the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program. And that's something that, that he, he he didn't go to. He wanted you to go to. Correct. So part of what we'll talk about when we come back to break here a little bit, I want to talk about kind of you know, where you're at during that time, kind of you know what you're hoping to get out of that program, what, what some of the kind of takeaways were for you. And we'll talk a little bit about the Goldman program here when we come out of break. So stay tuned to that. We'll have some more with, with, with Ben here for our, our final segment. So stick tuned. stay tuned. I'm your co-host, Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And anyone out there who's got a question for Ben, 440-946-9468. Why don't you give us a little text and uh, see if you can stump them. There you go. All right. So stick around. We've got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, wintradio.com. Oh, 
All right, all right. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. The fastest hour on radio and the podcast sphere is almost done again. So we got one more segment here with our with our client Ben Ide. I'm here with my co-host. Hello. Way too fast, Adam. Always. Way too fast this hour. Always does, Jack. So as we said, we, we want to talk briefly because uh, one, one of the things we're doing here every month is we're having a, what we call the Goldman 10 for 10 is a, having an alumni of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program. And as you're hearing part of Ben's story, uh, the, the, the different training and, and, and other opportunities he got from his 20 groups and everything else, one of the things that came up as an opportunity that, 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 that Bill found out about was this, this new thing that was going on here in Cleveland called the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program. And he thought maybe it could be a good idea for you to, to, to go to this thing. So you know, what point were you guys at when this kind of came up you know, as an opportunity for you? So we were right at about $5 million, which is just under the cutoff point to get in that program. Okay. Um, it's kind of a mini MBA. You get exposed to a lot of different things at one time, and the price is right. What's the price? It's free. It's free. Other that than, is pretty right, yeah. Other than you spending uh, at least a day a week uh, on on doing stuff and going to the classes and doing, they call it pre-work instead of homework, right? For those of us who aren't big fans of school, it's they try to change it, it but it's it, still homework. It was yeah. work. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. They, they made you uh, accountable, okay. Yeah, which was, I think, a good thing. All right. So you saw it kind of laid out and touched on a lot of the key parts of the business piece of it and figured, hey, this might be a good thing for you to kind of go through. In his mind, in terms of the, the different training, he was willing to, even though, yeah, it was priced right, but he was willing to, hey, you know, you're going to be gone every Friday, basically, for the next three months. Where you're going to be, you're going to be out of the the, the office and 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 doing this. So he said, hey, "That's a good." You know, he saw it as being a good a good potential investment for you in your uh, your growth. So, so you're coming in there. You aren't the owner yet, but you're basically the guy running the show. Um, what were you, you know, what were you thinking? Were you, were you going in thinking this would be a great thing? Or were you skeptical? You know, you know, give me a sense of your mindset when you kind of walked in that first that first class. I was excited about it. the The agenda. They have, they have a great agenda. So they're going to go over marketing. They're going to go over uh, financials. They're going to go over access to capital. They're going to put you in front of some of those people. We're going to introduce you to a banker. Uh, we're going to put together what they call a growth plan, which is basically a business plan, uh, teach you what that is, why you need one of those. I needed one of those. I didn't have anything on paper. I just kind of worked real hard every day. So you're excited to kind of come in, and you're you're embracing it with a, with a way to kind of learn a lot of stuff. Maybe you've been exposed to bits and pieces, but here you know here it was. So as you got in there, and now as you maybe reflect back upon it a bit, you know what were you know was there was there a key takeaway as you're as you're looking back, or a couple of key takeaways as you know, as you think about it? I, I think that the what I enjoyed the most was the growth plan. I think in the end that takeaway that you walk out of there with a goal to work towards uh, and something to share with a, another person. I, I couldn't explain what we did for a living succinctly to people, and mm-hmm. I couldn't, uh, I definitely couldn't explain it to a banker, right? So I'm coming into this thing having to borrow money possibly, uh, eventually b- buy bill out with a loan, um, and I didn't know how to talk to people like that. So the takeaway would definitely be the drive to put your story down and, and, and have goals. Okay. The story down, have goals, be able to, you know, you mentioned presenting to, to, to folks. You got those those suits and ties they get on, all of a sudden, you know, can, it almost puts a wall, puts a wall up between you and them in terms of what's kind of going on. It's not, that wasn't the world you were used to, to being in, you know, whether it be in the printing business, I got to believe, or in the in the, in the paint business. So, you know, probably not too often you saw people in suits and ties. No, believe, and, right? and they put me in front of a banker in an environment like, th- you know, like this, that I could 
be loose and free. I wasn't applying for a loan. Right, okay. I got to mock apply for a loan. Okay, it's like doing mock interviews, something like that, right? You got a right. chance to Which, do it. And- who's doing that? You know, who gets that opportunity? Usually you walk into a bank and say, give me some money, and they're like, uh... Is this a holdup? You know, what are you saying? Yeah. You, were so, pre- you, you presented, and were you critiqued, and who critiqued you? Uh, uh, they actually had bankers, so they, they would bring panels in, and so there would be a critique of actual those people. And then we did have, you know, mentors or people that ran the class that would critique it as well. That's good. All right. So that was a good, that's a, that's a very important takeaway. One of the things that we, that we that we coach all our clients on is is presenting. And presenting kind of brings everything together. And if you got to present anything, and you know, given your your history of being in bands, and that too, you're, you're used to being on stage I and mean, you're playing music. That's one thing. But all of a sudden, you're on stage now and you're presenting your company. It's a it's a little it's a little I, different. I don't know why, but right. it is. Yeah, it's different, right? Yeah. And so uh, uh, it's important for people to, people to see. Is there anything that you wish they had done maybe differently? And, and, and just just so that the audience knows, you were in the first class that they had here in Cleveland, and yeah, so was cohort number one. Yeah, and they're they're just doing I think cohort nineteen now. So this goes back probably six six you know mm-hmm. six years. So things may have changed a little bit. But just you know, as you, as you look back, hey, you know, I wish they'd have done this or, or had something like this or something like that that, that, that you wish they'd, they'd done differently? I thought the, the financial piece I wish was a little longer okay. uh, or uh, and I don't know how they would pull that off but the problem was you had people in the room that were financial wizards and there were people that knew absolutely nothing so it was very I think very hard for them to put that together for all people right. so they kind of really breezed over it and I wish because I, I think you I run the business by the numbers now and or a lot now, and I wish that I could have got a little bit more out of that than I thought I was going there for mostly that, and it was basically you know a one week. That's it. That's it. Yeah, no, it's a full day. But so I think what he's telling us, Jack, you know, we got that presentation here a couple of weeks talking about the financial statements. We got about two hours. You're saying we can't teach everybody financial statements in two hours, huh, Ben? I'm going to listen. I hope if you if you pull <laughs> it off, you guys will be confident. miracle. You're pretty we're, good. I'm pretty confident. Ben. All right, we you can do it. I I, I trust you. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, so enough about Goldman right now. I, 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 I want to circle back for a second because you know this you know uh, goes very well into into my next question. So you had a chance to kind of have the dry run and, and, and pretend presenting to the bank. As we started to work with you again, you you, you, you had finished the deal, and part of um, you know, what was going on is you know part of what Jack and I do is we poke people a lot with stuff. And about a year into it, we were asking more details about your 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 deal with uh, with Bill. And we started to put the possibility out there. Of, well, yeah, well, he's playing the bank now, but maybe a, a an actual bank might be a better, uh, you know, a better option for you. Some of those wild ideas you guys were talking right. about, you come up with, right? And and and, and if, if if I remember correctly, even maybe six months before that, one of the things we talked about was in terms of you guys had, you guys had a line of credit, but your point, you guys had grown quite a bit. And so we're talking about going back to get get the renewal for that, and I, and I, I think maybe that your line at that point is maybe four hundred thousand, maybe it's half a million, and. We asked, well, what, what do you want to go for? I think you may say, well, maybe I can do like for 600000 We're like, well, sure, why not ask for like for a million, right? And you're like, well, can I do that? And we right. start having flashbacks to, to, to coming to America in mm-hmm. terms of what Sonny was trying to get. So we had a chance to kind of talk to you about this and, and the idea of kind of going to the bank and presenting your story and, and be able to present the case to not only the, the first step to kind of get your, your line of credit doubled, because you got the ability to kind of pitch to them about what the, the growth of the business was going to be. Not only here's what it was historically, but here's some of the future stuff. But then being able to go to them and, and work on, say, hey, you know, here's the deal I have with with, with the former owner, and I'd like you guys to kind of step in and become become the bank. So talk about some of those, a little bit of that emotion in terms of kind of you know getting to the point. Because again, that's part of what we were pushing towards was say, even though you were 
the guy running the show, the, the, the former owner was still really there holding and controlling the purse strings, you know, and you had some shackles on you, you know. So maybe talk about that a little bit in terms of, you know, how you got over the hump and said, hey, it's okay for me to go to the bank and ask for this or to be able to go to the bank and ask them to kind of, to kind of step in for Bill instead. Well, that's uh, doing the line of credit. So when you all said, hey, go for a million, what can they do besides say no? And they didn't. They said yes. <laughs> uh, that's when I really – the, that light bulb went off and said, well, now I can do whatever I want. And quite frankly, from there forward, after we started discussing, well, what about this possible uh, quicker buyout with Bill? Um, it, it w- I had presented so many times at that point to through the Goldman class with you guys to the bank with you guys again uh, that I was able to walk into the bank for that second loan. And I, they were sitting there basically saying, uh, we're surprised it took you this long to come in. I mean, getting the, the, the loan to buy out Bill was something that I had a uh, friendship with the banker. I had been through this process before. I had signed all kinds of papers. I presented my story again, uh, and it, it was a done deal. So I pulled out something from my, my notes here. Uh-oh. May. Okay. There's trouble. Well, it says it says DNS <laughs> buyout. It's dated that. 12-1-2016. <laughs> okay. And I've got a page and a half here of stuff. This was the the, the, the the penultimate meeting for us. We started to kind of go through, well, th- let's dig into what, what exactly deal do you have here with this guy, right? And so as we started kind of going through and, and laying out not only what, you know, in terms of what he was being paid for, but all the other stuff that, that, that Bill had. And so, uh, again, from an audience standpoint, we talked about this uh, before, appreciate, you know, Bill's situation. Again, he grew up in the business. He then took over the business, and he was a guy who had never really paid for anything. The business had already paid for everything, right? Mm-hmm. So he negotiated <laughs> stuff as part of the, the the original buyout that included you know everything from again not only his compensation but he had you know some money set aside to cover health care for his mother and a bunch of other things there was a bunch of these little things and as he started at each point to what was kind of going on we could see Ben's blood pressure getting higher and higher and higher so I finally said okay <laughs> why can't I talk to the bankers you know I was like all right so I was just like hold on this is a, this that, is that's this, exactly this what happened a, this mm-hmm. is a key sheet we'll be able to we'll be able to frame this someday in terms of you know. How things were, how things kind of kind of happened, but so I think you know ha- having your experience w- with the Goldman piece was a good, was a good starter to kind of you know hey this is not so intimidating, I can do it. You had a chance, I, you know, probably too, as you're comparing yourself to the class. You mentioned you had, you had some financial geniuses. I'm going to guess uh, 40 people, maybe you had a couple people that were pretty good financially. I'm um, calling them geniuses, yeah, but well, people that were much better yeah. than me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so mm-hmm. maybe they're eight or nines on a mm-hmm. scale of ten, and mm-hmm. I guess most people are probably you know one, twos, or threes. Oh yeah, and that's kind of where it was. Probably was hey, well these folks are doing it. They're getting loans. They're doing it's all. Okay, so it starts to kind of build that confidence. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, as it happens every time, Jack, it's the fastest hour in radio. We got we got less than a minute to go here. So less than a minute. That's right. Ben, we want to thank you for being on tonight. Now we only shared very thank small part part of your story. So, uh, chance I will probably have you back in here. You did, did a very good job. Then I'll probably have you back in to tell some more stories. We have, we have good stuff to kind of tell, and we may have the rest of the story here to tell at some point. But we, we appreciate you joining us here tonight. Uh, for those of you listening, thanks for, again for being part of the show. You can hear us every Wednesday uh, here on WINT at 7 p.m. If you missed any part of the show, you can, you can uh, go to our website, dirtysecretsofsmallbusiness.com. All the sites, uh, all of our current and, and, and past shows there, we've got about 150 of them now. We've been doing this for almost three years. If you want to get a hold of us in between, give us an email, radio at maximumvp.com, or give us a call, 877-849-0670. Hey, learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, wintradio.com.